and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the princely Matt. But it's not a podcast about Doctor Who this week, is it? No, it isn't. You made us watch Class instead. Are you, yeah. are you proud, proud of yourself, Matt? Good choice. Uh, I think we'll, we'll discuss that later in the episode. <laughs> Uh, yes, we will. We are contractually obligated at this point. But this, um, this is the last one. This is the last spin-off we've done. Currently. I mean, there are more spin-offs out there. Not not TV. Oh, actually, there is, though. There is that, that Australian K-9 cartoon. Uh, I, th- I think you've spoiled the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we were about to mention that. special lined up for that. Oh, sorry. I can feign ignorance if you like. No, it's okay. Well, you know, we're nearly done with Doctor Who. We're going to have to watch something, aren't we? Oh, Matt, there'll there'll always be stuff for us to talk about as long as you you want to keep doing this podcast. Well, um, when we're discussing things we need to talk about, David. Yes. Um, I th- I think we need to start with an apology. Do we? Uh, more specifically, I think you do. What have I done this time? Uh, well, I, I've, I have a friend who listens to the latest episodes of Married to Who and sort of just lets me know whenever you know we get name-dropped or anything like that because I don't yes. listen to the more recent ones because I don't want any spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, and on this week's episode, they, they discussed quite unhappily that we were quite negative on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Now... Obviously, it's just a silly show that's not very funny, but they were not happy with your comments, David. What did I say? I mean, I think you're, it's fine, so... You're in the bad books, mate. I think you need to apologise. I mean, Weirdly, I've... they didn't seem bothered about me and my comments about that silly little show and its you know ridiculous mm. jokes, but I don't know. They, they really took it to heart that you turned on them. Okay. Um, well, like I say, I, I think it's 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 an okay show I, i've watched every episode of it so i'm a bit confused by that but uh yeah they were really unhappy with me i'm just trying to deflect onto you man oh oh i see right just sorry you because i, I apologize for nothing right okay i didn't i didn't pick up on that sorry i probably ruined that joke there but yeah it's okay <laughs> i'm used to it by now <laughs> You just got to tee these things up for me a little bit more sometimes. Uh, what? Okay. That's two weeks right. in a row you've ruined my opening jokes, mate. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't just play along. I did. I, I was just a bit. I was confused. I didn't know because I thought I'd been quite generous about. Like, it's not my favourite show ever, but it's fine. I didn't think I said anything particularly negative about it, but. Uh... Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, I'll be having saying negative things when we have our post-recording briefing, mate. <laughs> All right, this is strike two as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Anyway, how's your week been? Fine, yeah, ish, regular. Good. I've, I've, I've <laughs> we, we're really out of stride, aren't we today? We are rather, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, what it is. Doctor it's, Who. Exactly. I mean, when you watch a spin-off. It blows my mind a little bit. <laughs> I'm too. I'm too far out of my comfort zone. Um, and I've got. Uh, 
yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's just one of those weeks. I've got absolutely nothing to report, really. Nothing notable has happened. I managed to listen to all of half of one of the episodes of the new uh, Christopher Eccleston Big Finish uh, volume that's dropped. Um, good? So far, so good. Yeah, it's just, it's like too soon to judge the, the quality of the story itself because I'm only halfway through it and, you know, who knows. Um, but it's just nice to have him back. You know. And does he, he just... fit back into the role nicely? Yeah, it's, it's, it's seamless. I think it, it, regardless of anything else, the, uh, Nick Briggs has written a script that is well suited to his particular voice. Um, and so it just, it feels very specifically Ninth Doctor in the dialogue. It's not like generic off-the-peg Doctor that Christopher Eccleston is then having to deliver. Like, it feels written for him. So that's really nice. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you in due course as to whether or not I think the story holds up. But it's just, it's just feels like getting a hug from an old friend, you know? Yeah, which you can legally do as of tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, for a bit, until the Indian variant comes and spoils our fun. It's already in York, Matt. I know, I know, I know. It's just, when when will it ever be summer again? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, Matt. Sorry. I mean, Um, I think think this isn't going to bode well for class when we get to it. We haven't even talked about breakfast and we're already on a real... Real damn beat. <laughs> Come on, let's try and let's try and pull out of the nosedive. Eh? What about I've your week, for, Matt? I've Is looked it... forward to this all week, and then <laughs> the last ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right, come on then. What uh, is anything interesting or amusing happened to you this week? Uh, yeah, but I'm saving it for would I lie to who? Okay, right. Well, um, do you want to do that first, or do you want to do food first? Uh, yeah, let's mix it up. Let's do would I lie to who. Okie doke. Okay. So, as we've already alluded to, David, restrictions are being lifted. They are. Okay. So, I've been having a little bit of fun this week. Okie doke. Okay, so I'm going to give you three examples of fun that I've had this week. Right. Okay, and you have to tell me which is the real one. Oh, I'll do my best. Okay. This week, some co-workers and I got together and we played a bit of snooker because the World Snooker Championship finished this week mm-hmm. and I was excited. I hadn't played snooker for about two years thanks to lockdown and embarrassingly this week my highest score, my highest break, sorry, was four points. Oh. <laughs> okay. So that's number one. Number yep. two... Yesterday, I got together with one of my cousins, and after spending most of lockdown Mm. preparing and painting and building a Warhammer army so that we could eventually play one another when lockdown was lifted, uh, not only did I lose that, but I also dropped my biggest miniature and broke it. Oh, man. Okay. And option number three... Due to miscommunication, yesterday I was going to have a lovely day out with my wife, and because of miscommunication, 
we wound up 30 miles apart. <laughs> so these are all based... So this isn't so much fun as failed fun with all of these. Yeah, I've tried really level. hard to have some fun. Yeah. But it's just not gone well. Yeah. Um, right, okay. So I'm trying to think. So snooker... The the break of four, so that's what one red so, and then and then is it yellow the first colour? It, it's the green. Green, right? So yellow's worth two points. Green's worth three. Ah, okay. So you so you managed to do red, green, one more red. No. So the the break was yep. one red for yep. one point, and then nominate the colour. I nominated the green for three, and right. then I failed to pot a second red. Right. Okay. For for the duration of the afternoon, it, we were there a good probably two three hours. I failed to pot successive reds. Mm. That must have been quite ghouling. Yeah, it was slightly annoying because it was eight pounds an hour. Oof. But having said that, like I, that's still more impressive than I could manage on a snooker table. Yeah, it was a full. Uh, is it twelve by six table? Mm. Isn't but- it weird that snooker? During lockdown, has constituted exercise. <laughs> That's why the snooker clubs are still open. Really? Yeah, it's is it recreation, sport, and exercise? It falls under. It's uh, uh, oh, it's so cheeky that they can get away with calling it a sport, isn't it? Like, yeah. how can it be a sport if you if professionals play it in like full evening dinner wear? Plus, I didn't know. Like, literally, the next village over from me. Yeah. Has a full snooker club and it's Britain's oldest snooker club. It's a really, really famous one. Yeah, wow. and I didn't even know it was there. That's cool. Um, right then. Okay, that's probably enough snooker chat. Uh, so, option two was uh, miniatures. You broke your biggest miniature. What's your biggest miniature? Uh, it's a, an orc mega boss on a more crusher. Right. So, basically, a big orc riding a dragon. That's uh, and it, it's a big, impressive. dense, solid block of plastic. Yeah, but it 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 didn't break at a seam. One of the wings, like full blown, snapped. Uh, so even if I'm able to repair it, there'll be like a big seam line on it. Yeah, you'll know forever. Yeah. I guess you could put you could put you could like put a little bandage on it or something. Yeah, I was thinking I'd just paint it like fleshy and make it look like a scar. Yeah. Because you have to use that weird plastic cement, so it's gonna it's gonna melt it, and it's not gonna look right. Yeah. Um, okay, so you and your you and your wife ending up thirty miles apart. Um, yeah. Where where did she go? Where did you go? Right. So there's a local cafe. Well, I say local. It's in Borough Bridge. Yeah. And we we quite like it. It's called Yoke because it's on a chicken farm. And most of the meals have some sort of egg or chicken in it. Uh-huh. But all week, I just thought, why, why is my wife saying York in such a weird way? Like she kept <laughs> saying, oh, I'm looking forward to going to York at the weekend. And I was like, it's called York. And she kept saying, oh, we're going to have to eat outside. You know, we can't get inside. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. There'll be a big covered seating area. So yeah, I th- I thought we were going to York, and she thought we were going to York. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm dismissing that one. Okay. Because I think you would have been able to clarify that before 
you'd ended up uh, travelling to the wrong place. Yeah. I feel like if, if 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 you thought she was suddenly talking strangely, like, I don't know about you, but if my partner suddenly mispronounced something in a way that I found amusing or intriguing, I would immediately pull her up on it and uh, because that's the kind of relationship we have. <laughs> yeah. um, so... Warhammer, very plausible. Uh, but also, equally plausible, I think, that you're not great at snooker. Um, okay. I'm going to say B, Warhammer, is the, is the truth. Because I think you probably did play snooker and you did better and you actually want to boast about having done well. So... That's uh, that's my final answer. B, the right. Warhammer miniature. Well, I'm just going to send you the correct answer through. Oh my, I was wrong. It's uh, it was C. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday we went to Yoke Farm Kitchen. Yeah. Via York, which is <laughs> not anywhere near Borough Bridge. No, no, that is uh, opposite direction. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear, Matt. Right. So I kept getting messages like, where are you? And I was like, oh, I'm just pulling into York. And she was like, no, you're not. I'm stood in the car park. And I was like, what, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that is, but, that's, that's a, like a proper sitcom level misunderstanding, isn't it? Yeah. But there's an element of truth. Uh, so next weekend I'm playing my first game of Warhammer post lockdown. Nice. And I'm planning on playing snooker with some people from work. Ah. And if I get a break of four, I'll be over the moon with it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like me, kind of, you just no aptitude for Q sports then? No, but I'm enthusiastic. I always <coughs> watch the snooker when it's on. I, I used to, back in the day. I haven't been able to keep up yeah. with it, but... Uh, Oh, oh, it's it's basically the only sport I enjoy watching. And, uh, well, I tell you, cricket as well. I got into cricket, um, the last Ashes that were broadcast on terrestrial TV, which would have been, what, early 2000s, maybe 2004, 2005. Um, I, I watched pretty much, you know, every, every over of that... Uh, tournament and then immediately the 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 broadcast rights went to Sky and I never got a chance to watch cricket again yeah. well look at you because cricket's boring <laughs> I don't know that you can cast aspersions on cricket as being boring uh, in the same breath as uh, claiming that you enjoy watching snooker yeah, snooker's you know. sport of kings oh, it's pot corner of the kettle black that what? Are you saying you'd rather watch cricket than snooker? No, I'm saying I enjoy both because they're both quite boring, slow-paced <laughs> games that are easy to follow. Yeah. Yeah. But it is also true that the next village over from me has England's oldest snooker club. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's in Massam. Ah. 1874 it was founded. Ah. But I guess... Uh, uh, yeah, and very appropriate that it's massive, given that the the main claim to fame for that place is uh, is breweries. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, snooker and beer go very much hand in hand. Yeah, uh, I've 
I've only ever been to the Black Sheep Brewery once. Yeah. And it was at the end of my first year of university. I met my like one of my closest friends there. We'd barely spoken for a year. Yeah. And we went for like lunch th- and we pretty much just sat down and may as well just started weeping at how much like we hated adult life. <laughs> yeah. So. It's a tough time, isn't it? Yeah. Tough time. But we're keeping things positive this week, Dave. Well, we're trying to. Um, Yeah. yeah. Should we have some more positivity? Why not? Why not? So there's a couple of people I wanted to give a shout-out to. Yeah. Um, And then you can give some shout-outs if you want. Okay, then. So first and foremost, I would like to say hello to James. Not James Courtney. Not the best James, James Courtney, but James <laughs> Swift, who sent us a nice email saying he's just started listening and he's really enjoying, you know, getting on board. So yeah, I, I, I saw that email as well. You jumped straight on it to uh, reply, but uh, uh, I also really appreciated that email, James. It was really lovely. I always love hearing from our listeners. It's yeah. great to know that. If, if you're going to send us something nice, send it by email because David doesn't always see the tweets. Yeah. Uh, and then... Speaking of which, we got a really, really lovely tweet from, and I hope I'm pronouncing this surname correctly, Marie Boudreau, who <laughs> sent us just the nicest message. She seems like an all-round good person. Yeah. So I hope something nice happens to you this week, Marie. I hope it's not Mary. It's spelt Marie. <laughs> Surely then. Because um... we had a weird week. Like, our numbers went through the roof this week. Did they? Yeah. I've been paying attention. Like, yeah, in terms of downloads, I don't really know why. Mm. Well, maybe somebody gave us a shout on a shout out on a forum or something, you know. That does occasionally yeah. happen. And then <clears throat> and 50 people li- download the first episode, listen to 5 minutes and think, "Oh no, not for me." <laughs> I think people got confused. They were like, "Oh, they're doing class." Uh and they thought we were doing it last week, not this week. Yeah. Yeah, well, either way, any class fans, I think, are probably going to be disappointed with our responses. Well, we'll uh, we shall wait see. And see, won't we? Yeah, we'll just have I to mean, wait and see. it will be hilarious to me if you loved it. But um, anyway, um, so uh, I mean, I've already said hello to Married to Who. Do you want to say hello to them, David? Hello. Anything else? No, not listen to any of their stuff this week. I've got absolutely. Why? Why, why are you trying to destroy our friendship across the pods? <laughs> I'm not trying to destroy. Uh, I, I, I haven't just listened. You could have just told the white lie and gone. Yeah, I've been listening and it's all great. Well, but that would be. <laughs> that wouldn't. I I feel like it will come how, across how as very someone, disingenuous. How is someone who <coughs> recklessly rejects Christ in the way that you do so afraid of telling lies? <laughs> I just think it's quite rude. Well, ruder than saying, all right, guys, not bothered listening this week. Anyway, <laughs> I would also like to, because I have listened this week to the Companion Piece podcast. Yeah, I'm behind on their stuff as well. Yeah, I just I was I've giving you not an opportunity my... to stay silent there. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Because uh, they did a review this week of a Big Finish companion. So it was someone who was totally new to me. Mm. I forget the character's name. It's played by Tom Allen, the comedian. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 saw th- I saw that it had gone up and it intrigued me. Um, 
purely because it, it, it's tricky. Like I was intrigued and I, I thought about listening to it, but then I was like, but well, maybe I would want to listen to those stories first, you know? <laughs> so I was kind of torn whether or not I was going to check that one out, but I am intrigued about it. What, what did, what did, how, how did you find it listening to them talking about big finish in more depth? Like, cause that's a world you haven't really gotten into. Yeah. But it- at the same time, I don't really know that much about Classic Who, so it was just no, like listening true. to like a bit I hadn't seen yet. Mm. You know, like a couple of weeks ago, I think they reviewed Liz Shaw, and I didn't yes. really get that until I'd seen it. Yeah. Yeah. But they're always very kind. They always give a little mention to us at the end of their episode, so oh, well, it's only lovely. right we do the same, isn't it? It is. It is. Is there anyone you want to give a shout-out to, David? Um, not, not, I've, I've just been having a very light week in terms of, uh, who podcasts. I'm, I'm not, I've not really managed to keep up with any of them recently. I did listen to a product or something. Oh, I was going to say, I did listen to, uh, is it my adventure in time and space? The, okay. Yeah. Um, that recently launched, um, a new who fan going through classic who, for the first time with with some of her friends and they just they're doing the Daleks at the moment uh the second ever serial and ah that, that's a great show yeah they're having really really good fun i hope i hope they can more, keep more it up fun than it. we're having <laughs> oh probably well for, apart from anything else everyone involved so far is a fan of doctor who <laughs> which yeah. probably helps a little bit um and also, I will mention a, a, a podcast that I stumbled across literally uh, yesterday, um, which is uh, MCU and Me. So not Doctor Who related, but similar premise to our show in that it's one dedicated fan and his um, either girlfriend or, or like part, partner or wife. I'm not sure whether they're officially married or not. But, but anyway, um, and... He's a big MCU fan. She's never watched them, and they're just going through um, the movies one at a time. I think they've pretty much caught up at this point. Looking at the feed, um, but so far, really enjoying that. So if you if you are an MCU fan and you like what we do in terms of having that balance of a seasoned fan and an uninitiated viewer, then yeah, they're kind of doing that for for the MCU. Yeah. Well, we've as we're talking, we've just been followed on Twitter by another podcast called Lots of Planets Have a North. So everyone ah. just go, go listen to that right now. Yeah, we don't know whether it's any good. We've not listened to them. I've never heard Why of can't you just say, we assume it's going to be very good? <laughs> Why? I give you so many opportunities. <laughs> I'm sorry. We've got like a new friend and you're just like, well, I suppose you could listen to it if you want. Might not be very good. Who knows? Make your own choices. What? Why are you like this this week? What's gone on? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I, feel like... After I'm... you talked about it last week, has your wife and child returned to the home? Yes. Yes, they did. Right, they okay. came back on Sunday evening. Um, Take that off my list of I've had, I've had a, I've had a lovely morning with them. We went, we went, we went to a nice park and had a good old play around. Um, right. Uh... 
I'm, yeah, surpri- yes, I'm surprised anyway. you didn't go, oh, we went to the park, but you know what parks are like. They're all right, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Just, yeah. come on. I know the weather <laughs> outside isn't that nice, but... Well, we got very lucky with the weather. It was it was beautiful this morning when we were outside, so I feel like the t- timing's worked out nicely this week. So, right. that's something. Now, do you have a non-Doctor Who television highlight of the week? You're just going to shout at me again, because... No, don't be... Don't <laughs> okay, be... so am I allowed to be nuanced, Matt? Um, or yeah. do, have, I, have, I got to, have I got to be just... Just uh, Mate, blindly positive. This is a positive. 50-50 endeavour. You don't need my permission to do things. Oh, right. Okay, You're as fine. in charge as I am. Okay. My, non, my non-Doctor Who TV highlight of the week is something that I'm not going to recommend unreservedly because I had my issues with it and I don't think it's... I don't think it's perfect, but it was interesting. If you are interested in the whole... anything relating to true crime, cults, that kind of thing... Uh, Sons of Sam recently dropped on Netflix and my partner and I watched that this week. It's a four-part, four-hour-long documentary about the Son of Sam serial killer who terrorised New York in the uh, mid-1970s. And uh, the, some would say, conspiracy theory uh, that relates to, you know, whether or not... Uh, they acted alone, whether they were part of some kind of satanic cult, that whole thing. It's really interesting, but also I think it is overlong. They could have done it in three hours, but they did it in four. And they really play up the creepiness to an unpleasant and salacious degree to the point that it feels like you're kind of almost watching a horror film, which I think is unnecessary because I think it's a rich and interesting enough subject matter that it could have been done in a slightly less sensationalist fashion. There we go. That was better. Okay. What Makes about sense you, why Matt? you're not in a good mood if you've just been watching, like, <laughs> murder films all week. It was, it was very bleak. Fascinating, right. but very bleak. Right. So, so there's, uh... the, there's the disclaimer that we can put on, on this week's episode. <laughs> that David's just a little bit sad. He's been watching sad TV. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Uh, so... As mentioned last week, I watched uh, This Time with Alan Partridge. Oh, I need to catch up on that. And the thing is, this week, my, par- my partner's not a Partridge fan, so I've, I've got to find time when she's not around to watch it. What, what if I told you this week the special guest star is an actor that has played the Doctor? Oh, okay. Right. Um, let me think. Who would it be most likely to be? Um... I'm going to say it's either going to be Davison or Capaldi. Ah, you're wrong. Uh, Playing a Guardian journalist that hates Alan Partridge and thinks that he's not a very good journalist, it's uh, Matt Smith. Is it? Yeah, and he's brilliant in it. That's really interesting. I've never seen Matt Smith do straight comedy before. He's, well... He he's not doing out and out comedy because obviously he's like the very serious, stern journalist up against Partridge. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's so funny. Mm. It, it's quite easily the best thing on TV at the minute. 
And here's me, like, like as if I needed more reasons to be watching it. But uh, yeah, I've really got to crack on with that this week. Yeah. Since the since the snooker finished, that's the best thing on telly. Yeah. What about Taskmaster? Are you keeping up with that? Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, is it the final this week? I think it is this week. Yeah. 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 Who are you rooting for? Uh, just any of them, like. Even like Lee Mack, who I really like. Would I lie to her? Would I lie to you? Even yes. Would I lie to who's our version, isn't it? But yeah. on there, he's like a laddie lad, and I like that he's just been broken down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's he is so out of his comfort zone on that show, yeah. and it's fascinating by, to see. By having him just put his guard down a little bit, he's totally won me over. Yeah. Um. You know, like I like Charlotte Ritchie. I think she's good. Yeah, um, but she doesn't have a hope in, of winning. There's always one every series who just ends up so far behind on points. Yeah, but, but she's having the most fun. Oh yeah, she's having a lovely time. Uh, but no, I, I think I'd, I'm back in Mike Wozniak still. He's just yeah. won me over to the nth degree. Yeah, Wozniak is brilliant. You know, absolutely brilliant on that show. Um, and I, I, I'll be really interested to see. I hope it does does his career some good and he gets more offers because he's he, out of all of them he's the one who has the the lowest tv profile yeah he's just kind um, of friends with greg davis isn't he yeah because he uh wasn't he on I, I think he was a regular on greg davis's sitcom man down man down yeah yeah he is. which i've i saw the first series of and never went back to i really need to pick that up at some point and uh I think I've seen the first episode about eight yeah. times whenever I've tried to watch it. And then I leave it so long, I just watch the first episode again. Yeah, yeah, that can happen sometimes with shows, can't it? When you just, where you're like, you know you will enjoy it, but you're not quite in the right frame of mind for it at that moment. Like, I've done that with the de- with Detectorists as well. I've yeah. watched the first episode of Detectorists three times at this point. I know I will like it. I just haven't found the window in my life in which it's going to be the right thing for me uh, to be watching. See, I, I think I watched all of the Detectorists in, like, a week. Yeah. Um, like, it, because it, it's just such breezy viewing that... Yes. I, I just worked my way through it. Well, I mean, that's the thing, it is, but I, it, it, I think I found... When I watched the first episode, I think I was probably not in a great frame of mind, and I found it like so insubstantial that I was just like, I don't. I had no motivation to keep watching, you know. But I will get there with it. I'm sure. I do. I can see why people love it. So that's definitely on on the to do list. Um, is there anything else we need to discuss? <sighs> Food. Oh yeah. How have we not even? How did that Who knows? Who knows? So, what uh, did you have for breakfast, Matt? What did I have for breakfast this morning? Well, I went on a little adventure this morning. Did you? Uh, yeah, because usually on a Sunday, if my wife's at work and I'm having a lazy morning before we record, uh, just recently I've been having a McDonald's breakfast. Yes. But they're not... You know, we've discussed they're not the most fulfilling food. So for some reason, I thought I'd go to the next closest fast food breakfast and get a Subway sandwich breakfast sandwich. Ooh, I didn't know they did breakfast. 
Well, it turns out they don't, because when I got there, even though it was open and I was just stood in the shop, there was just no staff. <laughs> like, I was just stood there, just awkwardly waiting. So then I got back in my car, and I thought, I'll drive to Thomas the Baker's and get a nice bacon sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not open on a Sunday. Nope. So then I just basically drove to the co-op. So this morning for my breakfast, I had the remnants of last night's Ben and Jerry's, a big old coffee and a cookie. Wow. So I spent quite a lot of time in my car today for no reason. (laughs) Yeah, sounds like it. It's a good thing Uh, fuel's so cheap. (laughs) What about yourself? Um... Bit marmite, bit of toast. Ah, the classic. Yeah. Back to what you know best. Indeed. So what about your meal of the week? Well, you've already referenced uh, the purveyors of my meal of the week. Thomas the Baker's? Yep. Did you get one of their cheese and onion sandwiches? I did. Oh, they're so good. So good. Like, their cheese and onion sandwiches... Uh, the epitome of the meme, if you know, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. If if you've had one, you'll never eat another cheese and onion sandwich in your life. <sighs> yeah. I, and I'll tell you what, you may disagree with me, I don't know. What I think really makes it is the lettuce. Yeah, so A little crispy. bit of lettuce in there. Oh, yeah. I don't know what they do to that lettuce to get it so as crisp as they do but it's so good um yeah and i i went all in and, and got myself a a uh a drink and a flapjack oh no chocolate orange danish you ever oh, had one nice. of the chocolate orange danish yeah sandwiches? i have they're, they're, they're a they're, fuss to eat but oh boy are they huge they are yeah. just absurdly the, the, the circumference of them is uh yeah something else but uh yeah bloody good See, mine, I'm, I'm going to read you this because I took a picture of the menu when I went to Yolk Cafe because that was my right. menu of the week. Yeah. Uh, so I had their, what's called their What Came First Chicken Pancakes. I see. So it's crispy. See what they did there. Yeah. Crispy fried free-range chicken pancake stack in our own secret spices with hot sauce hollandaise, smoked bacon, Maple syrup, fried yolk farm, hen's eggs, and house pickles. And it's that hot sauce hollandaise. Ah. It's it's beautiful. I'm going to try making some. Well, I assume it's just hot sauce and hollandaise. um, Presumably. (laughs) Yeah. uh, yeah. They're fried chicken. Unbelievable. Mm. It's, yeah, it's... uh... I'm trying to get my head around that. So it it sounds like two courses smushed together. So you've got like fried chicken and a hot sauce and all that. I get at that. And then also pancakes and maple syrup. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like two separate things. But we never uh, had like chicken and waffles before. No. No. I can't say that I have. I mean, you know, I don't eat chicken, so there is that. But um Yeah, but like Mm, yeah, I suppose if you don't eat chicken. Because uh, in London, there's a restaurant called the Duck and Waffle, and they do chicken and waffles, but it's served with duck breast. And, oh boy, 
when my wife took me there, that was the moment I realised I wanted to marry her. <laughs> so then, um, anything else I, we need to talk about just to prolong I, talking about class? I don't think so. I think we should just get this over and done with, Matt. I waxed so, my nose hair this morning. We could talk about that. <laughs> um, it, okay, I'm going to ask you then. I normally ask you good episode to bad episode, but this is di- different. This is, you know, its own thing, its own spin-off. So I think it deserves its own scale of uh, uh-huh. rating. So I'm just going to ask you, Match, what was the... What was the more pleasurable experience? Watching the first episode of Class or waxing your nose hair? Uh, At least the nose hair was over quickly. It was a short (laughs) burst of agony rather than the prolonged nightmare. Uh, Yeah. I'll I'll say it. Class is the worst Doctor Who medium we've watched. It feels very ill-judged, doesn't it? I'd rather watch Um, Midnight. Ah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that might be damning with faint prey. Uh, well, no, that's. Uh, I, I would rather yeah. watch the Sarah Jane Adventures. I mean, yeah, me too. In a heartbeat, I fully intend to watch Sarah Jane Adventures one day. I have no intention of ever watching uh, all of Class. And do you know? I what? may do one right. day. I mean, nobody cares about Class, so we might as well just balls <laughs> to the wall spoiler. After we watched it. I went yes. on Wikipedia and read an episode synopsis for the first series, episode yes. by episode. Yeah. So I was like, I know in Sarah Jane Adventures, after the episode we watched, they fight the Slovene, for example. And yep. in class, there are no Doctor Who monsters until the end of the very final episode where a weeping angel turns up. I didn't even know that, to be honest. Like, who, who's what? <coughs> Who is watching this? Okay, I'll tell you my... <coughs> Excuse me. I will have a couple of nice things to say about class. And we will get there when we get there in this in this episode. Um, the key thing for me is that it is hobbled from the off by being a Doctor Who spin-off. Because essentially what they're trying to do with this show is do a British Buffy. And I think that's a reasonable aspiration to have. It's not terribly original, but there's room for someone to have a crack at doing, like, a British take on Buffy, essentially. So just do that. Why are we shoehorning in Peter Capaldi in this? Why? Apart from anything else, the Shadowkin, as a central villain do not feel like they belong in the Doctor Who universe. No. Like, and that's saying something, because the Doctor Who universe is very broad. You can fit a lot of different kinds of things in it. Yeah, but but it'd be like if Doctor Who fought the Predator. Yeah, or... It just doesn't marry up quite right, does it? Well, to me, they feel more like something out of a fantasy novel. They're like dark elves or something. They don't... They don't really feel like... Aliens. And you know, like the whole cabinet of souls, and it's like that whole, it's like a fairy tale. Um, that whole, the, the sci fi aspect of this, it feels more like just straight up fantasy 
that they've shoehorned in and instead of saying it's a magical realm, they've said it's another planet. But, you know, it might as well be Narnia, might yeah. it? That, that planet they come from. Um, so I just feel like if they'd made the decision, let's do a sort of fantasy horror, like urban fantasy series, we'll get a load of, you know, pretty young people and have them run around and Scooby doing it up. We'll pitch it for a BBC three audience. Great. Fine. Have a crack at that. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't, but they didn't do that. They, I don't know whether the decision was, I'd love to know how, like what the provenance of it was like, did Patrick Ness have this idea and then at some point someone said, oh, well, we were thinking about doing a Doctor Who spin-off. Could you make this into a Doctor Who spin-off? And so they retooled it. Or did they think, well, we really need to do a Doctor Who spin-off because there's going to be no Doctor Who this year. Oh, I know. Let's ask this guy, Patrick Ness, and this is what he came up with. Like, which way round did it work, I wonder? The wrong way round. Yeah. Way <laughs> See, my big criticism of this is... Everybody is so cool. Like, you've got the nerdy kid, but she's the coolest nerd in the world. I can't... Even the super cool douchebag kid, you think, oh, no, I don't really like him. But then you see him behind the scenes, and he's just so cool. Everyone's just so cool. It's like, it, it really frustrates me with, like, teen stuff in general, when you have... The person who's meant to be sort of the social outcast, they're, 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 you know, on the periphery or whatever. And, you know, they're played by a fucking model. Like the girl who plays, is it April? Yes. She is literally a model. And yet one of her plot lines is she can't get a date to the prom. Yeah. I mean, fuck off. Plus, like... uh... I, I think this was written by, obviously written by Patrick Ness. Yeah. I'm assuming he's an old white man that has yep. never spoken to a teenager. I don't know whether he's, he's spoken to a teenager or not, but certainly he is a middle-aged white man because writing this, this show for kids. This is not how young people talk to each other. No, no. But not in an entertaining way. Not in a, <coughs> not like, because you could level that same criticism at Buffy. But... But that di- the dialogue and the, the cadences of, of the writing in Buffy is like what you you wish you could talk like that as a teenager, that you could be that witty and clever and quick off the mark. But these, you just can't, yeah, it's just impossible to give a shit about any of them, isn't it? That's what it comes down to. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think how we could make this fun. <laughs> okay. Shall I tell you my one big positive? Right. This is what we're going to do, David. Right. Yep. When we get to the part that you think is the worst part of the episode. Yeah. Okay. Whether I'm talking or not, I just want you to scream as loud as you can. Okay. I can do that. Right. That'll at least make it entertaining because listeners will be yep. listening out for that. Okay. Let's do this. Right, so here we are. 
Episode one of Class. For tonight, yes. we might die. As we've said, it's written by Patrick Ness. Not my yeah. favourite member of the family, Ness. <laughs> I do like his theme tune. Uh, and do you know who directed this, David? Um, it is a. It is. I don't think there are any writers that worked on this that worked for Who, but it is mostly previous Who directors, isn't it? It is. So it's our which old one friend, is this? Ed Bazalgette. Ah, well, there you go. I mean, he does the best he can with it. I, of all the things you can criticise, I don't think the direction is the first thing I'd go to. No, I remember when I did A-level media studies, and I'm embarrassed by my work as well. So, yeah. good on you, <laughs> Right. So, this is from the 22nd of October, 2016, and it originally yeah. aired online on BBC Three. Yes, this was this was in the period when they'd... quite. It was actually quite soon into that period where they decided that they were going to put BBC Three online um, as a, like an online-only service, which, yeah, it was an odd choice. And one of the things that did really uh, like hamper this show from the off was the fact that it was it's initially online good. only. And then when they did broadcast it, because there was an obligation that anything that was made for BBC Three... Even though it was debuted online, it would have to get a broadcast on BBC One or BBC Two at some point that year. Mm. And so they, I think after the whole series had dropped, they did... Um, I think they... I can't remember whether they just spread it out over a couple of weeks or whatever in, like, graveyard slots. They basically did what they could to bury it, it felt like, at the time. Mm. I can't imagine why. <laughs> right. So we open in School Corridor, because yeah. we're at Cold Not Hill just... School. Course we bloody are. Yeah. Yeah. And we see a young man running, and he hides in a room with, like, a young woman. Yeah. And there's a big shadow, comes under the door, it turns into a fiery man as a rift opens. Yeah. And then... Unfortunately, I missed quite a bit of this because I suffered a photosensitive epileptic seizure from the intro (laughs) scene. Yeah. um, It's a nightmare. Yeah. It's trying so hard to be cool. Um, But... Like, I know the Doctor Who's, like, quickly moving through the cogs, you know, and it can be a bit disorientating. This, this is something else. This is awful. And it just, it don't feel like it fits with the with the tone of the show at all. And like the, the the music, I mean, I will admit, I'm out of my comfort zone when it comes to, you know, hip hop and stuff like that. But it felt to me like the most off the peg, this is what you kids like, isn't it? Kind of yeah. music choice. It, it te- The lyrics seem, don't really seem to speak to the theme of the show at all. Um... See, I watched this on Daily Motion, yeah. so it had like Portuguese subtitles. <laughs> um, so I didn't make out a lot of the lyrics, yeah. but I'm just going to Wor- Google them. Worth now. mentioning that there is nowhere to legally stream this in the UK. It's on none of the major streaming platforms, not on uh, iPlayer or uh, Netflix, Amazon, Brickbox, nothing. You cannot legally stream this show. Right. So. It's a song called Up All Night by Alex Clare. 
Right. It was released in 2010. Uh, oh, so it was already like six years old. Yeah. And it is a little <laughs> treat for you, David. I don't think you were expecting me to do a little rendition of the lyrics, but here we go. Yeah. We go on and on and on and on and on. That bloody show went on too far. Yeah. Never I mean, knowing well, where, it didn't. It was cancelled after one series. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So it's we go yeah. on and on and on and on and on. Never knowing where, never knowing where. We know, sorry, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna end up in the morning. So, right. basically, it's, we it's... go on, never knowing where we're gonna wake up in the morning. Right, but that's not what this show is about. Like, do you know what I mean? That, like, there is no resonance with what happens on screen with those lyrics. Yeah, I'm just trying to find a date for this Radio Times article I'm reading. Because yeah. it closes with saying, don't know about you, but we feel younger and trendier just listening to this. Move over, electronic synth. The sound of sci-fi is a-changing. Oh, fuck off. So that that's an article by Hugh Fullerton, but I don't think it's got a date on it. Yeah. But, but anyway, no. Hard disagree. <laughs> it, it's entitled, What is the theme song on Doctor Who spin-off class? Doesn't earworm yeah. count as an alien invader? Uh, well, I mean, Radio Times, to be fair, will literally... If they can f- weasel 500 words about Doctor Who, like anything related to Doctor Who, they will do, because that is their bread and butter. Just clickbaiting Doctor Who fans <laughs> on a daily basis. Right, so after the titles, it's the start of a school day. And one boy is a posho. Now, yeah. I don't know if that's a London thing, but up here, we don't call posh people poshos. You never called anyone a posho? I've called people poshos. So usually again, you start um, with posh and then end with yeah. a swear word, but we don't swear <laughs> anymore. Yeah. So we're doing really well not swearing this week. Well done. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, yeah. so that is Charlie. Yes. And then we're, we're introduced to Ram, who yeah. calls Charlie posh and is dislikable from the off. Yes. He's just a straight-up bully, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Are you worried about Kevin? Which one's Kevin? Oh, Kevin never made it home last night. Students oh, at yes. this school just disappear, and people are covering it up. Man. God. Yeah. Right. Then we are introduced to Tanya, who is young and clever, who is talking to April, who is socially awkward and clever. Yeah. Because it's prom tomorrow. Uh-huh. Okay. Then we're introduced to a new teacher. And no matter what you think, David, she is not a babysitter. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, so I there's guess... our central cast. <laughs> okay, right. Um, my one redeeming feature of this show is Miss Quill. Oh, really? I think she is. Yeah, I think she's pretty fun. Like it's uh, not a deep character, but uh, the actress playing her is clearly having a good time. She's the only person in this show who does seem to be having a good time. And uh, 
So I, I, I sort of cling to that like a piece of driftwood after a shipwreck, <laughs> to be honest. It's the only thing that gets me through this show. Did, were you not were you not not charmed by her performance? Look, if if I went into work and my boss was like, "Oh, Matt, you're teaching this class today," and I just yeah. went, "Can I just remind you, I am not a babysitter?" Do you know what his immediate response would be? <laughs> I do not. Probably just shut up and teach the lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but. There's just like a feckless headmaster here, isn't there? Yes, yeah. Well, we've seen him before. Um, we saw him in The Caretaker. Mm. Um, and possibly, yeah, the end of Series 8 as well, I think. Imagine that, he, for he the most up. part, in this episode, the biggest link to Doctor Who is the character yeah. of the school headmaster. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he gets killed at some point in this series as well. Oh, um, sad. Who, who's your favourite out of the core cast? Is it Miss Quill? Yes, absolutely. Because like I say, she's the only one having fun and she's the only one that isn't just an annoying teenager. Or it, or someone in their early 20s pretending to be a teenager, which is probably nearer the mark for a lot of them. Right, so... I would have... If I was the right age for this show when it came out, I would have detested it. I would have felt so pandered to, but in the worst possible way. In a way where it's like, you think you know what I like, but I let me tell you, I do not like this. When when you were like 15, 16, what kind of things were you watching on TV? Okay, I'm trying to think. How How old would I have been when The Boosh came out? Uh, probably not far off that. Yeah, because that, that I was, was in sixth form. that. Yeah, that was the time. That was the first time. That was the, the fir- probably the only thing that ever came out on BBC Three when I was in the target audience for BBC Three that that I immediately latched onto. Um. And yeah, first couple of series of the Mighty Boosh are just fantastic. Mm. Um. Beyond that, I don't know, because, like, you know, I mean, I will admit I was atypical in that I was spending a lot of my teenage years, you know, watching, you know, archive science fiction and comedy and and stuff like that, you know. Um, You know, I was spending my time watching The Goodies and Monty Python and... and Do you ever ever regret that decision? Nope. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, what, what? tell me, what was I missing out on at that time? No, I'm just thinking, like, last week I was watching archived sci-fi and I regret that decision. I only did it for a couple of hours. <laughs> you had a good time with it. Come I'll on. i tell you what, I'd watch that ten times before I'd watch this again. Yeah. But Different league. It, Different it's league our entirely. new tradition now. Finish a season, watch an episode of Class. So. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> right. Let's get through this. So, April yeah, asks yeah, Charlie yeah, yeah. to the prom. He says no, but Ram is there to rub it in and make her feel horrible. Just like yeah. the teacher makes all the kids feel horrible, she smashes Charlie's phone and she makes them all feel stupid. Yeah. And nobody will help April set up the prom. Oh, there's uh, so much angst. I can't cope. Yeah. Delicious teenage angst. Mm-hmm. Then April thinks Charlie is gay. Yeah. Then Ram plays football and a boy gains a shadow. 
Like, it's not like Doctor Who. There's no nuance to these scenes. It's just like, yeah. it's just literally April going, I think Charlie might be gay. Yeah. <laughs> so I've just this written is... down, April thinks Charlie might be gay. Yeah, and they sort of play it for laughs. I mean, I will say at least it it's nice that there was no kind of undercurrent to that beyond just like, oh, that's disappointing. Oh, well, well you know. Just wait, because we're going to discuss that later. Yeah. Right, so Ram plays football, and one of the boys he's playing with gains a new shadow. The, the other thing about the shadow, kid, it's not like Doctor Who hasn't already done Deadly Shadows. Yeah, in that's like what I a thought. Wi- I... wildly popular episode of of the main show. That that's why I had to look to see if they were the same and whether there was carryover monsters, because yeah. it's silence in the library, isn't it? It is. Yeah, the Vashta Narada. Yeah, not the same. It's just a different yeah. shadow monster. Yeah, they're like a mashup between that and the Pyrovials from. Uh, um, the fires of Pompeii because yeah. when they like with a manifest... bit of Sycorax thrown in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, in the, the Venn end... diagram, there's three circles, yeah. and in the so middle... you got th- yeah the Shadowkin, but uh, so you got three different like elements that are feel very Doctor Whoey, but you put it all together, and the end result could not feel less Doctor Whoey if it tried. Yeah. yeah, it'd be like if I said, "Oh, David, I'm cooking you a Sunday dinner." And there was just peas, mint sauce, and gristle. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's you know, something all... missing there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm going to give a little scream here, because this isn't my worst bit. Okay. So, I'm just going to go, ah! Because when Tanya goes in the corner shop, just for no reason, an old lady claims she's caught her husband masturbating. Yes, yeah. I think it was meant to be funny. Yeah. Um, well, later but in it my just... notes, I, I have written, is this show supposed to be funny? Because it's <sighs> not. There are a couple of moments that did make me chuckle, all in relation to Miss Quill. Uh, but, yeah. No, I, it's. I think the idea with that is like, you know... Young people think old people are weird and gross and have lost their marbles, so let's just give them the most caricatured example of that imaginable. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Then when Charlie gets home, he doesn't see a shadow, but he does live with Miss Quill. Ooh. Yes. Ooh, what's going on there? Yeah, all very very untoward. So, yeah, except for the fact that we've already figured out that they're both aliens because they're they're the only people acting strangely on this show. Yeah, well, they're just from Sheffield. <laughs> yeah. So Tanya's mum thinks she's too young to go to the prom because she skipped a couple of school years. Then, yeah. does that happen in the UK? I don't think so. I've I've known it where, for example. I had a student who was really, really, really unwell. So he yeah. resat a year. So he got a full course of GCSEs. It's yeah. more likely to happen in reverse here. Yeah, I think. I can't. I can't think of. And I, I certainly never encountered anyone in my school who ever like you know skipped a year because they were just so supremely ahead of their peers. No, um, and I think if, because in our primary school, because it's usually two year groups to a class, 
Like, yeah. this sounds like I'm blowing my own trumpet, but I, I remember I was set to work with the older year group within my class, but we were still all doing the same work. Right, yeah. So we just have, like, higher and foundation tiers in Britain, don't we? Yeah, pretty much. I won't talk too much about the education system. Yeah, suffice it to say, did it feel remotely like an actual British school to you? Because I'll be honest, it felt like someone had basically taken the model of an American school from TV and just plonked a load of actors with British accents in it. Yeah, it's nothing like a real school. Yeah. No, no. Especially the bit where it's like, oh, we're having a prom. And everyone's dancing. Everyone knows at a British school prom, the boys stand at one side of the hall, and the girls stand at the opposite because they're so scared of each other. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of social awkwardness. One of the boys will start messing about and running and sliding on his knees. Uh, yeah. All the girls will say how, like, immature all the boys are, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Everyone will go home with a sense of just complete hollowness. In fact, the only bit that was realistic was where the teacher was outside with the boy throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> I've had to do that a couple of times during my years yeah. working in education. Mm. Right. So, back with Miss Quill. She's got a magic yep. space gun. And she it does. killed the student at the beginning. And mm-hmm. his death killed a fire monster because she is paid... Sorry, she's tasked with protecting Charlie. Mm. Great. Just what we need. So, so she literally is a babysitter. Yeah. Just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. And he's our dashing prince. Uh, he is so tedious in this. Like yeah. he's but ba- it's basically like is it Luke in Sarah Jane Adventures? Yes. It's the exact but, same deal, isn't it, basically? But with with that and I know that I really didn't like Sarah Jane at the time, but that character made sense because he'd been made in a lab. He had no social interactions before. Yeah. So he was learning everything for the first time. But yeah. even during, you know, whatever race they are, I can't remember. Okay. But you would assume Luke had some basic... Under- not Luke, sorry, Charlie in this, had yeah. some basic understanding of how the world works. He just doesn't know how to talk to people. He's not done the most basic level of research. Yeah. Right. So, Ram pays Tanya to do his homework, because behind the scenes, he's a real good guy. Uh And she's double-shadowed again, okay? Because at the same time, uh, April is putting the prom together, okay? Mm -hmm. And something pins her hand down, because she's got another... Shadow going on. Yeah. Okay. And when it's pinning her down, Miss Quill then appears and says, we're all in terrible danger. Okay. So she shouts at the shadow as the one in Tanya's house turns into, like, a fireman. Yes. Okay. So Quill then tricks April into shooting the fireman but the gun also shoots in reverse and it would kill her, so Charlie manages to intervene. And we find out at this point we're up against Korokinus, the king of yeah. the Shadow Kin. Yeah. 
come on, King of the Shadow Kin. How is that sci-fi? It's the that most could... paint-by-numbers villain ever. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's the king of an evil warrior race. Yeah. Okay, but it turns out April scored a glancing blow, which didn't kill him, but in fact links her heart to his, because the gun is some sort of temporal displacement machine, mm. and it's shot their hearts out of reality or something, but now they all share one heart. Yeah. Okay. And this is where we get the bit that's like closest to being funny in my eyes. Mm-hmm. So we get a big exposition dump. We find out that Charlie is Prince of the Rodians and they were fighting a race called the Quill. Miss Quill was their like chief spy. And when she was bested in combat, she then became his... They put like a worm in her brain or something. So yes, she now so serves basically... Charlie. Yeah, as a bodyguard, effectively. Yeah, because yeah. they say the best way to ensure peace is to work with your enemies. Okay? Mm. And the only bit I thought found marginally funny was when April just went, wait, wait a minute. On your planet, does everyone look like humans? Or have you had to adapt human form? Yeah. And then you get like a split second where you see their true alien form. Yes, yeah, and then they're like, oh, yep, yep, no, we haven't changed nothing. Yeah, that is a very, that's a well-executed gag. Yeah. It, like um, I say, closest it comes to being funny. Yeah. Okay, and we find out that the Shadowkin appeared on their planet, was going to kill them all, and they were the last two. They were saved by the Doctor. Yes. Okay. So April can read. Yeah, Coracinus. we finally get, we apart from we finally realise we're not. It's not just a case of, oh, they're in Coal Hill School and that's the connection. That you know that there is an actual, like direct Doctor Who link here. Yeah. But again, it would have been so easy to write a version of this story without the Doctor in it. Yeah, just, absolutely. If they just had another means of escape, they got in an escape pod. And launched off and they settled on Earth. Yeah. Tick. Right, great. Make it its own thing. Do you you agree with me? It just is really hampered. Yeah, it's just an absolute nothing. Like, imagine if they just got to the end and Luke Skywalker saved them. It makes about as much sense. (laughs) It does, yeah. Right, so April can now read Coracinus' mind. He wants something that Quill has. Okay, yeah. then at this point in my notes, I've written, is this funny? Is this meant to be funny? Is it even trying? This is where I was really angry watching yeah. this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And April has heart problems and then says to Tanya, beware of the shadows at the prom. Now, this is where I'm going to give my big scream for the episode. Okay, go for it. Uh... Right? <laughs> because this next scene. It's possibly one of the worst scenes ever committed to film. <laughs> this, this is the scene that I've entitled, Everyone's Got Problems, But It's Okay. Mm-hmm. April's mum's in a wheelchair. But David, that's okay. Sometimes people just are in wheelchairs. It's true, sometimes they are. Charlie meets his date. He is gay, but do you know what? That's okay. Sometimes people are gay. They are. 
I've noticed hey, that. April struggles socially, but you know what, David? That's okay. Some people are just awkward. Mm-hmm. Hey, Ram's nervous about the prom, but that's okay. Everyone gets nervous from time to time. Absolutely yeah. the worst scene. Yeah. Like, look, let me be clear. Positive representation is a good thing. I'd like, I like TV that has diverse casts and tackles diverse issues. I don't, you know, even as a straight white man, I don't want TV to be the sole preserve of straight white men. That would be very boring. But seriously, it but feels... What we have here is issues written by old white men. And yeah, it's done yeah. so poorly. It, it, it literally feels like he's sat with a little checklist to remind himself. When, when April's he... describing her mum's like disability, she like, yeah. says, oh, she was in a car accident. She should be dead. Like, who would phrase yeah. it like that? Yeah. Nah, it's gross. And the way and she's also... like, hey, hey, I might be in a wheelchair, but I'm still your mum. Right, nobody's yeah. debating her maternity of this child. And can can I say, on a personal note, it frustrates me when when you see representations of physical disability like that. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's because they were able bodied, but they'd had some kind of accident. Yeah. And I find that so frustrating because, you know. I don't know the exact figures, but there are an awful lot of people for whom that is not the case. And actually, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, either a a condition that they were born with um, or it has something that that has developed over time. But it's like it's always got to be like, oh, they were in an accident or like, you know, for example, (sighs) Ram later in this in this story, it's like it's, you know, it has to be dramatic in some way, not but just like why. Like why life do happens. they always make it the life goal of physically disabled people yeah. to become able-bodied? Like, yeah. like her mum's coping fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, like yeah. I, I think the the bit with with Charlie and his date's called Matthias, isn't it? Yeah, the bit where Matthias's mum and dad just don't understand. That's just written just so we can go, hey, young people, old people don't get it. Mm. Yeah. uh, Again, it's written by an old person, so it doesn't make a lick of sense. No. Anyway, anyway, come on, let's let's crack on. Let's get this over and done with. Right, so they go to the prom, there's a big glitter ball, and it makes the shadows hard to detect. April has a bit of a funny turn in the corner. Yeah. And... Ram's date invites him to a secluded part of the school for a bit of naughty naughty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's immediately killed by a shadow kin. Uh, in a okay. pretty gruesome yeah. way. It does spray blood yeah, all okay. over his face. Well, I'm actually going... I'll stop you for a second there, Matt. Ah! This <laughs> is probably my least favourite aspect of this. I remember the first time I watched it. And that the level of gore and violence in that... Really shocked me, but not in a, not in a. Wow, that's some effective like horror 
thing kind of went. I was just like, hang on, who is this for? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like it was gorier than anything I've ever seen in, in, the, in the handful of episodes of Torchwood I've seen. And yet Torchwood was pitched more at, like, you know... Twenty, you know, twenty something people. This is supposed to be like presumably like fourteen, fifteen year old kids are supposed to be wanting to watch this. I, I don't know, and 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 also the fact with Torchwood, which was at times like it seemed to be very on the nose. Oh, look how grown up we are! By you know being as juvenile as possible in some ways. But at least with that, they made a very conscious decision. There will be no TARDIS. There will be no Doctor. Younger viewers who like Doctor Who will not feel like they are missing out in the same way because, or, or that they're obligated to watch this show that is not for them. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this, you've got the TARDIS, you've got the Doctor in episode one. It's basically saying, come on in, kids. This is for you. And then you're chucking something like that in there. It feels really jarring. And this whole thing, this this was basically meant to be like, you know, BBC Three's answer to the likes of The Hunger Games and Maze Runner and that kind of trendy young adult fiction. But I don't, from what I've seen of those, I don't recall them being anywhere near that excessively violent. No. So it's very, very strange as a choice to just literally just like have it's like something out of a Tarantino film or something. He's just he is just coated in blood. Yeah. Um, and for the entire rest of the film, he's just like pulling miserable faces whilst <laughs> drenched in blood. It's oh, what are they doing? That's my feeling. Like when I, when I when I'm watching this, I'm just like. What are you doing? Who is this for? Why have you done this? Yeah. It, I find it so genuinely confused. baffling. I, I must admit, we one of the tweets we got was from the Doctor Who show podcast. Yes. And they they pretty much said, look, if you can stick it out, the final two episodes of the series are really worth a watch. They're like supposedly quite strong. But they also right. caveated that with I don't know of anyone that's made it that far. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like I say, I really tried with this show. I gave it four episodes, I think, which is about half its run. Mm. But, and you know, it's not even like, I think as well, another way that this could have been improved was if they'd actually committed to making a show in the sort of model of what kids seem to, enjoy nowadays which is more serialized stuff i'm thinking stuff like stranger things and stuff like that where it's more of a one continuous story and it Mm -hmm. felt like with this episode that's exactly what they were doing but the following few episodes it really is it's like monster of the week like old school buffy style oh this time we're doing this thing for 45 minutes and that just there's no impetus there to keep watching (laughs) I'm certain when I read the episode synopsis, one of them they fight some flowers. <laughs> I, I, I could believe it. Right. So, uh, Ramsdate gets killed by a Shadowkin. Charlie shoots them a bit. Okay. There's no adults around because they're all dealing with the sick kids that have had a bit too much to drink. 
Okay, April tries to evacuate everyone, but nobody listens to her because she's too bloody nice, David. Uh-huh. So the Shadow King enter the prom, and back in the corridor, one of them just smashes Ram's leg to bits and chops it off. Yeah. Okay, so the Shadow King goes face-to-face with Charlie and destroys his gun, and all hope is lost. The end. Uh-huh. Oh, no. This oh, is where no. the Doctor appears. Mm-hmm. Deus Ex Doctor, here we go. Okay, so he turns up because he used to be the cleaner here. Okay, he says he has a special care for people who are the last of their species. Okay, because the Shadowkin want the Cabin of Souls. <laughs> Again, like I say, it's, it's not only a level shit, isn't it? Yeah. So the Cabin of Souls is Rodian Heaven. It's where all their spirits die, but somehow it's also a weapon. Mm, yeah, somehow, maybe. Okay, but Charlie says there's no such thing as the Cabin of, Soul- Cabin of Souls. It's empty, okay? It's just there for ceremonial purposes. It's just a bedtime story. Yeah. Okay, so April threatens herself with suicide because she's got a linked heart to Coracinus. Killing herself will kill him. Mm-hmm. Okay, and just when it's all going to happen, they realise they can just turn the lights on, and that'll send them away. <laughs> yes. Okay. Which, to be fair, that's a very Doctor Who-y resolution. Yeah, you especially know. when they turn the lights on and it's not enough, so the Doctor has to butt in and make the lights even brighter. Yeah, just got to gotta sonic it a bit. Yeah. Uh, so, they're still... Disappearing, but Coracinus still has April's heart. Okay, yeah. and he's giving a big speech until Ram appears and smashes him over the head with a chair. And yeah. Basically, knocks him into the rift, which the Doctor closes. Okay. Yeah. Now, this bit I just don't understand at all. Because yeah. in this episode, the Doctor totally. To- behaves in a way that is so undoctor like I agree, I agree 100%. Because he just so, leads them to it, doesn't he? Yeah, he says, oh, by the way, Cole Hill's a beacon now. You're, you're in for some tough times ahead. But you guys but, can but, handle that, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, you plucky, breakable kids. Um, yeah. you've, got, you've got, like, one, one alien freedom fighter... Who I think is not allowed to use weapons. Yeah, she can't use guns. Yeah. So, but yeah, that'll be enough. You've basically got the, like, don't they literally lampshade it and say, oh, it's like the Hellmouth from Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. So, And then they say it's like Vampire Diaries. Because, you know, that's what all the kids are into. Yeah. This, yeah, this feels a long way away from the Doctor Who spent, who basically lived... Lived an entire lifetime in one town on Trenzalore, protecting a handful of people. Because what the Doctor would do in this scenario, let's rewrite this ending. He would yeah. stay, he would make sure everything's sorted, he would yeah. you know, fight off the Shadow King, he'd shake hands with Charlie, and he'd say, April, I've been very impressed with your contributions, do you want to come on the TARDIS with me, you're my new companion. But <laughs> instead, he just goes, nah, you've got this, bye. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm sorry to harp on about it. Take the Doctor out. 
this show has a shot at being something interesting and unique to itself. And I think I would have been more forgiving of it if that had been the case. Because, like, yeah, you can have a rough first season. Have you tried watching the first season of Buffy recently? Yeah. It is rough. What what would you have thought if when the lights went on and they were, like, disappearing, instead of the Doctor appearing, we just heard the TARDIS sound and then the other monsters were gone? So we, we know the Doctor saved him, but they didn't know. Would that be a better ending? <sighs> Marginally, but even then, I still... I. I think the only way the only way I would have really gotten on board with this show is if there had been no Doctor Who element to it. Cuz it's to me it's a bit like you know um I'm trying to think of a good analogy. It's basically so taking something that something new that might be nice and throwing in something that you already love and thinking like, oh, well, that's going to make it great. But really, all you're doing is ruining the thing you love. Yeah, it'd be like, like if they put Luke Skywalker at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2. Oh, thanks for that. Not watched that yet, but... <laughs> uh, well, you've had six months. I have, yeah. I've I've not watched a single second of The Mandalorian yet. Ah, uh, well... It's, yeah, I'll get there. Don't worry. It's, it's fine. I'm not precious about Star Wars. Um, in the same way I am Doctor Who. But yeah, it really, it just, I I have to just headcanon this out of existence. My 12th Doctor does not do this. Oh, you're one of them. One of them not my yeah. Doctor types. I think, okay. <laughs> That's a rabbit hole. But I think everybody has some degree of headcanon. Um but for, yeah, I cannot really acknowledge the existence of this scene and reconcile that with my understanding of this character. So for me, the safest thing is to just excise it from existence in my brain, which yeah. I which I'd successfully done for several years until you came along, Matt. What What about the idea that we again. we've had a really emotional to se- send off to Clara, where the Doctor no longer knows who she is? But then when yeah. he looks at that board, he kind of hints that he still remembers everything. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a little, little twinkling of something there, isn't there? Yeah. But uh, I, don't I don't know. Right, so the Doctor's mended Ram's leg. He's now got a robot leg. Yeah. Everyone's sad, but hey, at least they're all friends now. Yeah. Supposedly. And then... Then this is the final line of my notes. So I hope you're listening for this, David. This I am. It's secret. Psst. You know the Cabinet of Souls? Yeah. It, it ain't so empty, David. Oh, it's got stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got stuff in it, but literally no one cares. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. I just want to say something quickly. If you are a fan of class and you've got this far, first of all, thank you. Well done. Sorry. I, it, I, we, I know we've been unrelentingly negative and I want to acknowledge the fact that there are people who genuinely do like this show. And that's wonderful. That's genuinely wonderful. I'm glad you get something out of it. I'm sorry I cannot join your ranks. I mean, it. I mean, this will not come as a surprise to you, Matt. Big Finish have done a couple of... <laughs> 
volumes of class audios. They just can't help themselves, can they? Uh, Yeah. Um, So, apparently, enough people liked this that, that there was, you know, money to be made doing that. So... That's great. I, I and genuinely, I am happy for those people who do enjoy this because it's nice to have things that you like. Um, but I cannot foresee a future in which I shall ever be on board with this series. Maybe one day, out of morbid curiosity, I'll finish it off out of a sense of completion. But. I just don't think it's ever going to be my cup of tea. Mm. I think that's a nice way to put it. Yeah. So, on that note, we've we've just... Uh, this has probably been one of the most miserable episodes we've had for a while. Let's try and end on a nice note. And uh, I'll let you know, Matt, what we're going to be doing next week. Because we're watching proper Doctor Who again. Oh, thank the Lord. Yeah. A Christmas special, no less. Oh, no. <laughs> Had you forgotten that, that it was uh, two back-to-back Christmas specials? Oh, go on. Um, it's uh, The Return of Doctor Mysterio. Okay. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. We'll t- I'll talk to you more about the title next week, because it a, it's a cracking title. Um, but until then, listeners... Thank you very much for listening, and cheerio. Sorry about this week's problem. We'll be back next week. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com, and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.